Hi, I'm Gail from Europod. Before enjoying your podcast, allow me to say a few words about Europe Talks Back. In the third season of Europe Talks Back, I want to uncover the topics that matter or should matter to all of us. From gender to bodies and sex, digital to migration and urban landscapes, and everything in between. Rather than focusing on macro-level policies, let's zoom in and talk to the brave activists and volunteers with lived experience, who are working directly with marginalized communities to further equity, justice, and liberation for all. Welcome to 108. If you're listening to this podcast, you may wonder what this number is all about and why we chose it as a title. Well, we will come to that shortly. But for the moment, let's say that 108 has something to do with a peculiarity of Greece, a paradoxical peculiarity. And it is paradoxical because in the end, and if you're Greek yourself, you might, well, feel it's a cliché, but we're talking about a country which is commonly understood to be the birthplace of democracy. So in this podcast, you will hear from a lot of people, mostly journalists. However, to start this journey, I'd like you to listen to an academic voice. I'd like you to listen to a professor. Adonis Kalogropoulos is an assistant professor of communication at the University of Liverpool and a researcher at the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. Yes, it is. It's sad. The first year we put Greece into the survey, in early 2016, when I was working at Reuters, I remember the head of the survey for all 46 countries coming to my office and saying, something is wrong with Greece's data, because we just got it and all the numbers look completely different from the other countries. Could you look at the sample and see if it is representative? Then I suspected that the problem was not with the sample, but with the image we have of the media in the country. So the survey Professor Kalogoropoulos is talking about is a survey that is used by the Reuters Institute to produce its very famous Digital News Report. The Digital News Report analyzes the connection between journalism and the public. As Professor Kalogoropoulos mentioned, Greece entered the study in 2016, and as he underlines, the results were critical. In fact, it turned out that only 20% of respondents to the survey in Greece trusted the news. It was the lowest percentage across the 46 countries. Also, Greek citizens were among those believing that the influence of business over the news was huge. We are, we are a special country. We have a strange relationship with the media. And of course, personally, I'm not happy that I have to write the reports every year about what we call the Greek exceptionalism. Now, the Digital News Report by the Reuters Institute focuses mostly on the economics of media production. 
But what can be said about press freedom? Well, every year, the non-for-profit organization Reporters Without Borders releases its World Press Freedom Index. Through it, Reporters Without Borders, but more largely the whole industry of journalism, takes the stock of the situation of the freedom of the press across the globe. The index ranks as many as 180 countries. You can find all countries belonging to the European Union within the first 100 positions. But one. In the 2022 edition of Reporters Without Borders World Press Freedom Index, Greece ranked 108th out of 180 countries in what appears to be a free fall of press freedom in the country. The point is that for many people in the industry of journalism, this new ranking of Greece, position 108, was a rude awakening. However, just as many Greek journalists could reply to the generalized astonishment, why are you surprised? So we thought, it might be worth digging into this. It might be worth casting a light on the situation of the press in Greece, in the home country of democracy. We chose number 108 as a title because we believe it reflects an actual and very unpleasant situation for the press and journalists in Greece. And our biggest fear is that Greek society might have just gotten used to it. This is 108, a podcast series inquiring the fall of press freedom in Greece. Episode 1. What 108 is all about. If there's a sword via stand misleading reporting, Society is not only suffering from poor journalism, it is also being denied access to a fundamental human right, the right to information. The right to information does not just mean waking up in the morning and scrolling down one's social media feed. The right to information means access to knowledge, health and public life. One could say no justice can be fought and no arbitrariness can be checked if there are no journalists to investigate it. Without the right to information, many more of our fundamental rights disappear. And this appears to be the situation in Greece today. But how can Greece be faring worse than Urban's Hungary? How can it rank lower than Chad, a country which is governed by a military junta? How is this possible? Actually, these questions are often used as arguments for underestimating the report of Reporters Without Borders, even from the Greek government. The answer we will present to you in this podcast is that the assessment of Reporters Without Borders is built according to criteria structure in a methodologically rigorous way and common to all countries. And the plain and simple fact? is that Greece ticks all the boxes of violations of the guarantees of journalistic freedom, one by one. So we called Pavel Solai, the head of Reporters Without Borders for the European Union and the Balkans. We asked him to explain to us precisely this criteria. 
The WordPress Freedom Index, published by Reporter Without Borders in May this year, has as its reference year mostly 2021. And in this year, Greece has concentrated all the press freedom issues in Europe that existed in other European countries in other in various combinations. So only in one country in the European Union, which is Greece, all these problems were present at the same time. Regarding the fall of Greece in the index, it can be attributed to a real deterioration of press freedom in the country, but also to the improvement of other countries in the index and to a change of methodology. On our website, you can see the five indicators of press freedom for every country. These five are security, legal framework, social, cultural context, economic context, and the political context. So when we look at the security, it's the murder of George Karavaz in Greece that's reflected by the index in Greece. There were also other threats to journalists, including police violence and arbitrary arrests. Along the interview, Pavel mentioned several times that the murder of the journalist Giorgio Karivas, which occurred in 2021, did cost Greece more than anything else in terms of the security index of journalists. Today, 21 months after Karivas' assassination, the Greek police has not arrested any suspects, and progress in the investigation seems slow to non-existent. It goes without saying that Georgia was not killed as Georgia, but for his writing. That's what people should take for a fact. They killed Georgia's voice. And I think that, along with Georgia's voice, they killed other people's voices. Because surely, after such a brutal murder, there is a chilling effect on other journalists, causing fear. The woman you have just listened to is Staza Alexandropoulou the widow of the murdered journalist, Giorgio Carivas. We met her in person to bring this story into this podcast, and it gave us the chills to stand exactly where the journalist was murdered, in front of his doorstep. We dedicate the entire third episode to the killing of Carivas, and there you will understand what his wife means by these words. But let's move back to Babel and the factors that brought Greece down to the 108th place of the ranking on media freedom of reporters without borders. In terms of legal context, obviously the surveillance of journalists, but also judicial pressures on them, there are abusive lawsuits launched and having a chilling effect on journalists in Greece. The surveillance of journalists... The first time we heard about this issue was back in 2021, and it involved the Greek journalist Stravos Malihoudis. One Saturday morning, Malihoudis was having a coffee and reading the news when he discovered, on the front page of the newspaper, Ephemerida Ton Sindanton, that the Greek secret services were phone tapping him due to a report on a refugee child the journalist was working on. Back then, we were surprised, but no one imagined that an avalanche of illegal phone tapping was coming down on Greek journalists with the Greek government at the center of the scandal. 
At least, this is what Greek journalists themselves, victims of the interception of their private and professional lives, will tell us in episode 2. Instead, in episode 6, we'll hear Greek journalists talk about the abusive lawsuits, slaps in jargon, that Pablo Solai mentions. More specifically, we will hear from journalists who suddenly found themselves in courtrooms, facing, in a David versus Goliath scenario, everything, from influential political figures to gold mining-related multinationals. However, while preparing this podcast, a delightful surprise was waiting for us. As one of the journalists we talked to was vindicated in court against the interest of a major company. The third indicator is social cultural. It is very appalling and I don't see this any in any other European country to observe these attacks on the premises of media and journalists by extremist groups. The fourth indicator is economic. And here we can refer to unfair and opaque distribution of public funds, the concentration of audiovisual media in Greece, and also the precariousness of working conditions of Greek journalists. In the fourth episode, male and female journalists who work at the country's biggest websites reveal the working conditions and the censorship from within they are facing every day. Some of the narrations were shocking, even to us working in the media sector for a long time now. Self-censorship is a great suffering for journalists and which exists all the time. How you write, whether you can comment on something you write or what connotation you give it. You're constantly choosing stories that are safe so no issue arises. The people working inside media organizations will help us understand a lot about the news about Greece we read and, more significantly, the news we don't read. Because, indeed, there exists a line of silence empowered by the intricate relationship between the highest levels of management in Greek media and the political power. Episode 4, Inevitable, leads us to talk about money, especially state funding and the so-called Petsas list. The Petsas list is a list of websites and media companies that obtained public funding in an opaque way. 30 months and many pressures after the publication of the Petsas list, the government refuses to release the criteria by which those media were funded during the coronavirus pandemic. And finally, what is the fifth factor that let Greece drop to the 108th place? The political context. Public media in Greece clearly lack uh, independence and suffer political pressures. And we have also seen verbal attacks by politicians against journalists. As one of the examples, we can mention the Dutch journalist Ingeborg Beugel. Indeed, the case of the Dutch journalists give us a chance to unravel the thread a little more. Ingeborg Vujol is a journalist who has been living in Greece for years. She was present at a press conference held by the Greek and Dutch prime ministers and did what journalists are supposed to do, 
She asked straightforward questions to Kiriakos Mitsotakis concerning the illegal migrant pushbacks that Greece is accused of pursuing for a while. The Greek Prime Minister said, expected, namely that we, and I quote, will not accept anyone pointing the finger at this government and accusing it of inhumane behavior. On the other hand, however, his answer was somehow revealing. I understand that in the Netherlands you have a culture of asking uh, direct questions to politicians, which I very much respect. What I will not accept is that in this office you will insult me or the Greek people with accusations and expressions that are not supported by material facts when this country has been dealing with a migration crisis of unprecedented intensity. So let's pause here for a minute. What is the Greek Prime Minister saying exactly? He said that journalists in the Netherlands have a culture of asking politicians tough questions. Well, that's journalism in kind, not a culture. But it appears that in Greece, journalists shouldn't ask these kind of questions. Just to remind you, Vogel was forced to leave the country for a while because several journalists not only did not defend her freedom to ask the prime minister a tricky question. Instead, they engaged in a public smear with reports about her personal life and an attempt to ridicule her. But why does the vast majority of the media reproduce the dominant narrative? Lamprini Papadopoulou, assistant professor at the Department of Communication and Media of the Kapodistrian University of Athens, briefly explains how we got there. The answer, I think again, we can look for the answer in the timeless, clientelistic relationships that existed between the owners of the media and power. This so-called interlocked triangle made of media owners, political and economic business-elite. It has to do with the fact that from the very beginning, the media in Greece were not treated as informational journalistic enterprises, but were used as vehicles by the owners in order to achieve certain selfish economic commercial purposes. And as such, they attempted to approach power to do some favors and to ask for some in return. And that's how we got into this whole situation today. All these are elements which are part of the identity of the Greek mainstream media system. They are the root cause of a long-standing pathologies and the frustration and suspicion of citizens towards the media and institutions. All this is reflected also in the Reuters Institute's research, as Professor Andonis Kalogoropoulos told us a little earlier. How? Let's listen to him once again, describing the Greek peculiarities. We asked this question this year in 2022 in all 46 countries in the sample. So the question goes, how much do you agree with the statement the country's media is independent of anti-political influence? In Greece, we had the lowest percentage of all 46 countries. Only 6 to 7% told us that they think the media is independent. Also in other countries, there are such issues. But the Reuters Institute systematically identifies Greece as the country with the most pervasive frustration. 
It was so widespread and flattening, that sense of corruption, which has nothing to do perhaps with the fact that the audience might be more to the left or to the right on the political spectrum. It was so generalized that it had nothing to do with that either. It's a belief that is deeply rooted, I think, in the Greek audience. So, one of the actors who are benefiting from this situation, from this public aversion towards traditional media, are social media platforms. So much so that Greece also has an exceptionally high percentage of internet users choosing to be informed by sporadic posts on social media while enjoying comments on current affairs. 70% of internet users in Greece inform themselves through social media. To give you an idea, by comparison, I can say that in Germany, these percentages are around 35 to 40% and the same holds for Britain. So the question becomes, how could we turn this landscape around and regain people's lost trust in journalism? This is a long-term process because something lost over decades is not recovered overnight. According to Kalogoropoulos, the first concern is to put all the cards on the table. One of the most important problems is the lack of a sense of transparency. People are very suspicious in Greece, and this suspicion is generalized, regardless of the media from which they consume news. So, providing transparency in the field of information is key, meaning media could explain how they get funded, their funding model, what is the relationship between these funding models and the ownership, how do journalists themselves handle their anonymous sources. A relationship of transparency and honesty for those media that are willing and able to shed a light on how they produce their news could help some of the public who are suspicious to gain at least a little more trust in particular media outlets that are making such an effort. Certainly not to gain a more generalized sense of trust in the media at large in the country, which is very difficult to happen overnight. This may take years, and if it happens, it will be the case in the future. One may wonder whether this is all about being a big mainstream media and whether, therefore, the solution can be small, independent media organizations. I have not seen it done in Greece. I've seen it happening abroad in many media. Even the New York Times and the Washington Post talk about their relationship with the funders. They talk about possible conflicts of interest between journalists or editors-in-chief or media owners on a particular story. The Greek government did not hide its strong dissatisfaction with Greece's ranking with coming across as number 108. Since May 2022, when Reporters Without Borders announced its Media Freedom Report, journalists from international media, and more readily from Greek media, have asked the Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis to comment on it. Uh, and I think for those, at least the Greeks in the audience, know that we have a vibrant... In the background, you hear Mitsotakis answering a student's question in a public debate in November 2022 at the London School of Economics. 
The question was about the position 108 and about what steps the government is taking to make sure that the freedom of press remains the right that's enjoyed by all Greeks. There was one report by a non-governmental organization that ranked Greece 108th in press freedom behind at least 30 dictatorships. Uh, sorry, but that is just crap. Excuse my language. Uh, uh, we have a vibrant press. You can write anything you want in Greece. We have TV. We have many TV channels. There's always two views presented. You know, the government view, the opposition uh, view. So I really don't think that there is an issue regarding the, you know, the freedom of press uh, in Greece that's sort of worth really discussing in significant uh, detail. The 108th place in the report by Reporters Without Borders could have given the Greek government the perfect excuse to open a serious debate on how we could improve things. Instead, the current government chose to smear the messenger, confirming everyone's concerns. The governors accused Reporters Without Borders investigation of being offensive and unscientific. They questioned its methodology and reiterate that newspapers are free to criticize the Prime Minister. We turned the above questions to Pavel Salai of Reporters Without Borders as well. First, we have to reconcile with the idea that African countries can do better than European countries in terms of democracy and press freedom. It's not engraved in the stone that an African country has to be worse And second, objectively speaking, for example, in Chad, which is ranked around Greece, no journalist was killed in 2021, as opposed to Greece, where Georgios Karavais was murdered in that year, and that was the main issue in 2021. We also asked Salai whether there is an ideal point of reference in terms of media pluralism. Even In countries which are ranked high in the World Press Freedom Index, there are press freedom violations. It's not a perfect environment, and journalists sometimes are, are threatened. Media pluralism is not perfect. But the difference between these countries and the countries ranked low is how these problems are dealt with. And, among other things, how the government approaches these threats to press freedom. It would be good that instead of criticizing the World Press Freedom Index, which is just a measuring instrument, the Greek government would focus on solving the, the concrete problems that Greek journalists are facing. Unlike the Greek government, the European Union names the problems of its member states and accepts them as serious. Corruption, lack of transparency in state funding, illegal surveillance of journalists and political interference in journalistic content just to mention a few. For this reason, in September 2022, it announced the European Media Freedom Act, a regulation proposing rules and a unique supervisory body to control and protect media pluralism and independence. We cannot predict if and how it will be implemented in Greece or if it will bring some betterment of the situation. The Secretary General of Communication and Information Dimitris Galamatis, to whom we have talked to for this podcast series, also considers the European Media Freedom Act absolutely necessary, with the assumption that a landscape that is unpalatable is a landscape that is constantly exposed. 
Look, this place needs a lot of work. And because it is so uncharted and not self-regulating, it gives the opportunity to well-meaning people to make more mistakes, which, when they correct them, are fine. And to ill-meaning people to swim in these murky waters and do things that hurt the core of democracy, which is pluralism, which is the democratic way of operating the media. We hope you have already got an excellent first taste of what is happening with the media in Greece and of what is coming up next in this podcast series. But at the end of this first introductory episode, we want to leave you with something in which Greece stands out positively, not to tell you only the negatives. So the good thing in all of this is that Greece, as a society, digs the news a lot. Greek citizens like to be informed. Greek citizens are interested in what is happening in the world and they want to discuss current affairs and be able to make their own opinions on the facts. Professor Andonis Kalogoropoulos from the Reuters Institute confirms this. One positive thing is that very few Greeks have been left out of, let's say, the field of information. We meet too many respondents in our surveys in America and the United States, but also in Germany and Canada, who say they hardly ever read the news. They almost never get informed by the news. They don't know what's going on in the news. In Greece, this is more limited. A very small percentage of Greeks have no idea what's going on at all in current affairs and politics compared to other countries. This desire for information reflects a genuine concern for understanding and participation. And that is what is at risk when freedom of the press is threatened. You have listened to the first episode of 108, The Fall of Press Freedom in Greece. The original language of the scripts of this podcast series is Greek. The authors of the scripts in Greek and of the interviews on the ground are Denit Siropoulou and Konstantinos Poulis. Episodes in English language are narrated by Maria Dios and Alexander Damiano Ritti. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Do you want to hear more podcasts that get to the bottom of things that stand out in the ambient noise? Join Europod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and our newsletter. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. Discover our brand new website at www.europod.eu and join us in our fight. Europod. Clear the noise. Start to listen. Listen.